Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Doing very well. How about yourself? If I was any better, I would be you. <clears throat> All right. Well, I was doing the old thing that uh, everybody does where you're just supposed to say you're fine. Uh, and I am yeah. fine. But I'm just going to kick it off right away and tell you that I have joined the COVID club. I am officially COVID positive. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. I win. I win. <laughs> you won the, uh, the Nosebleed Sports podcast longest lasting without and it's crazy because you had it in your house and you never I'm, got it i'm the safest guy on the nosebleed sports podcast <laughs> <laughs> right I, I i deliver my my safety uh my safety award to you yes uh you are now the safest man on the nosebleeds uh so yeah anyway i i there are only like two possibilities from where I could, could have gotten it. And I don't know for sure which one it was. Um, but as safe as I, and you know how safe I've been. Um, but it happened. happened. And so either work or, well, not work because you're working from home. Working from home. Man, so it was either basketball or uh, who knows. So, you, yeah, good. I, I think I probably got it from basketball, but there's only one other option. I did go on vacation a couple weeks ago with my family, um, and I mean we we uh, we shared a cabin together with my immediate family, meaning my brother and his family, my sister and her family, and my dad. Uh, so it was a little group of us, but um, we were just in the cabin, and then we. Um, they went out one day and did some stuff and I didn't. Uh, and then on the last day was really the, well, we went on a hike, which I, of course was outside, but it was on kind of a popular trail. There were quite a few people on the trail. Um, as you can imagine, I wore a mask, but not everyone else did on that trail. Um, and then the last day we were there, it was only that. And then the very last day we went into a couple a couple shops and uh, one restaurant and th that was against my will <laughs> I didn't want to do any of that stuff but that's uh, the people that I was with that's what we did so that's what we did and I still you know I had a mask on the whole time uh, that I was out and uh, I, I was very aware of social distancing the whole time for the, the other people that were there uh, not necessarily my family but um, when we were out anywhere. So I was still being pretty careful, especially considering all the other people you saw when you were there, when I was there. Um, but that's the only option. And then it, it took a week. I didn't start feeling anything until a week after I was back. And I also got tested the day after I got back and tested negative. So it either took a week for it to hit me and to be detectable and to get symptoms from being out there or I got it from basketball. Those are the only two options. Man, unbelievable. Yep. Well, I'll tell you this, not your fault. <laughs> I mean, so, 
It's okay. Always be more careful. <laughs> it's okay. You got sick, bud. It's okay. It's I know. Okay. It. I know it. I'm very okay. lucky. Uh, I, I had, you know, I've had. It's been my, you know, the CDC says ten, ten, basically ten days from the time you start getting symptoms, and my ten days is almost up already, um, because it took five days or whatever to get my test results. Uh, and I had them for a couple of days before I got tested. So, and I, I went through a few different, few different things, but nothing was too terrible. Uh, now the worst thing I've got going on is that I can't taste my ice cream and my cookies. And you can't smell anything. You taste. Let me tell you, it's the worst thing. So I don't understand this no taste, no smell thing, right? Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how it works. Since I, we've talked about it on this before, since my wife got it, it was in my house since she got it. She, to this day, that was four months ago. She still has issues with her taste and smell. Can she do it at all? Uh, yes, it's getting better. She actually went to a doctor who is specializing in all this stuff and she's doing a steroid neti pot rinse thing twice a day to uh to try to to try to get stimulate some kind of action back in the old in the old schnoz wow i can't do a neti pot like i i've never tried but i just can't imagine doing it i've never tried either and i there's no way i start choking and i'd choke and drown yeah me too. i would drown, i would drown standing over top of my sink <laughs> <laughs> well, hey you know what man first off congratulations you long. know yeah i feel like you're part of a club now you know <laughs> so so definitely congratulations to you uh you know it's it's okay it's okay don't feel bad you didn't do anything wrong you just got sick happens you know it happens to people every year You'll be okay. I mean, look at the Baltimore. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore yeah. Ravens, uh, just about their whole team did, ended up catching it. And look at them; they still played football on a Wednesday at yeah. three four. Wednesday afternoon football. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I, I I wanted to drop that bomb on you to start it out. Man, that was a bomb, dude. Good work. But listen, man, I'm not the only one dropping bombs here. We got 50-year-old dudes dropping bombs these days. And one of the things that I had plenty of time to do because I can't be around anybody, and I've just been sitting here, and I went back to, you know, shopping online too much and uh, doing all that kind of stuff because I haven't been able to go coach basketball. Uh, So I have my evenings free. And uh, so uh, we both ended up, not together, but both watched the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight. Yeah, good conversation that night too. wasn't Adam wasn't sure if he was gonna do it. Um, I thought I talked him into it. Obviously, I didn't. He just didn't have anything else to do. No, you did. You inspired me. You 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 sent me a text and showed me the thing and and that you had ordered it. And I was like, man, you know what? What else am I doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that fifty. I'm gonna drop that fifty spot and uh, go ahead and order that thing. Little fifty burger got rid of it, and and was it worth the fifty dollars? 
I guess it was worth the $50 to me. Um, it was, you know, it wasn't a good, that fight was not a good fight. Okay. There was, I think there was like one good fight that I saw on that card. Um, and, uh, cause I missed the, like the first one at eight. Yeah. Telling me about that, which was, you, you were saying was that the was featherweight. One. That was a free fight. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was featherweight and that was, that was a phenomenal fight. They, that was all, you know how those little fellows do, man. They just, they just go at it. And uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a, it, it was a, a little short stout dude who, you know, he, uh, the other guy had him by, by about four inches on the reach, but he was the one that wanted to get inside and just body, just uh, body blow, body blow. What was that thing? Body blow, body blow. What was that uh, game that used to say that? Body blow. It wasn't Tyson, Mike Tyson punched out. No. Anyway, uh, so, but he he just he he beat the dude up and uh, he won the he won the decision, and then the actual card, the the first fight was a lightweight fight, mm-hmm. and that was by far those two were the best fights on there because then after that was. No, there's four fights on the uh, main card, wasn't there? Yeah. I don't remember the – who was the second fight? Yeah, there were some bigger dudes. There was like a real big white dude, um, and he did not – he looked terrible. First Badu, yeah, well, that guy just took the fight last minute. But that was – wasn't that right before Nate Robinson? I thought there was another fight in between. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe it was just those four. It was that first. It was that lightweight one, then that one, then the Nate Robinson one, then the Tyson one. So those were the four. So that one sucked. The, 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 the Marine or the Army man or whatever he was took the fight pretty last minute. And I got to give it to him. I mean, he, he took a beating. Yeah, he did. Did not, did not go down. I mean, he, he, he took a hell of a beating. Um, but let's talk about the Nate Robinson fight. Let's get into this. So. Going into this fight, Adam says ten thousand dollars on Nate Robinson. He tells me, "Yeah." What did I tell you? You you told me that. Uh, uh, shoot, uh, Paul. Um, right, this is his last name. Jake. Jake. Jake Paul. Right. Jake. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you said, "I don't know, man. This dude is an actual fighter. He's I, he's pretty good. I think he's going to surprise you." Man. Let me tell you, you were right, and that's also why I don't bet. <laughs> there you go. This, nobody in the world wanted Jake Paul to win except for my niece and nephew that were at my house. <laughs> I had my, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, niece and nephew over and uh, to watch it with us, and he had a Jake Paul sweatshirt on. He's eight years old. Oh, he'll be eight years old, and she is a – you know, she's a teenage girl, so you know how that stuff works. They love those YouTubers. But I think they're the only two people in the world rooting for Jake Paul. And I told I told I kept everybody that was on that was texting me. I told everybody the same thing. I said, You may not like him, but Nate Robinson has no idea what he's doing. And this kid has been boxing for two years. He got beat up by a guy named KSI. Not really beat up, it was a 
it was a, a split decision or whatever, but, um, and then that was a exhibition. This was the first, second real fight. I don't know who he fought last, but he's, he's won two fights now. And he knocked, dude, Nate Robinson. I don't, it, I don't even feel bad. Like I'm not upset with Nate Robinson. I'm upset with Nate Robinson's trainers. Why would you let a dude that he was more underprepared than even I thought he would be? Yeah. Yeah. The way that he just like lunged at Jake Paul and just led with his head. Just afterwards, he was talking after the fight, after the fight, when he finally gained consciousness, (laughs) it was, he was walking back into his, uh, into his, uh, room or whatever his locker room and he was talking to talking to one, the, one of the guys that are with him and talking about getting hit in the back of the head mm-hmm. and, uh, still and he said and headbutts no brother the headbutts the only reason you got headbutted is because you were throwing your head at him and the reason you got hit in the back of the head is because there was no other part of your body he could hit because your head was on the other side of his shoulders because you don't know how to box. I'm not going to lie to you, Adam. Me or you could have went out there and at least looked like a boxer better than him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really disappointing. I, you know, I definitely wanted to see Nate Robinson do well just because he's, he was a former basketball player, and um, that was the only reason. And I didn't know anything about Jake Paul going into that. I had heard that he, that he had boxed before, um, but, man, he was, like you said, way more prepared for a fight than uh, – I mean, he's legitimately a, a boxer, I guess, if he's had other fights besides that too. So he is a boxer. Nate Robinson is not a boxer. Um, you know, NBA Twitter had fun with it. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> everybody, uh, everybody had something to say about that one. And it was a brutal knockout, dude. It was That was one of those that you're like – I mean, you and I have both watched a lot of fighting, boxing, and MMA, you know, for years now, and we've seen a ton of knockouts, and we've seen some really nasty, brutal stuff. People break stuff. People get knocked out. That was one of those. I was like, oh, no, my God, he might die or you know. I thought the same thing. I was like, come on, man, move. Just move a little bit. Just move a little bit. Just move a little bit. Please. I'm surprised they didn't end it the second time he – the. Yeah, the second time he got knocked down, which was the first time in that round. I'm surprised it didn't end it then when he had his head, like, under the ropes. I'm surprised that at that point in time that, that they didn't end it because it was so clear that this was going to end badly. Yeah. Within, the first, within the first two minutes of the first three-minute round, it was very clear it was going to end badly. And it did. Yes, it did. Sure did. Uh, so then we went on to – the main event, Mike. Well, Tyson. hold on. Before we get to the main event, what'd you think about Snoop? Tell me about where your okay. Snoop were. Okay. All right. So you know, so I will let the audience know that I was a huge Snoop Dogg fan in the you know '90s, even into the into the early 2000s. All right. Listen to it mostly his older stuff, but even you know 10, 15 years in, into it. He's still putting out albums that were not too bad. Now, over the years, as he's gotten older and as I've gotten older, Snoop's music has not been that good to me anymore. Um, 
but I still I still enjoy his old stuff, his doggy yep. style stuff, and all the cameos he did on, you know, on on Dr. Dre's albums and all that good stuff. So to see Snoop Snoop come came out and did like a concert, and that part was cool because he did his hits. He yep. did hits from '93, '94, whatever, and I love that. That was awesome. Now Snoop as a commentator. Everybody loved the, this looks like two of my uncles at the barbecue fighting. Everybody loved that comment. Besides that. that Tell me it wasn't good. That was good. That was, that was fine. It was kind of a, kind of a low hanging fruit uh, joke, but it was fine. Everything besides that was way too much. He should not have been commentating during the whole fight. He didn't, sometimes he didn't know when to stop. And he was just kind of like a cheer. He's just like a, a cheerleader, man. He was just I, I, until the very, very end after it was over and, and or almost over. And he was like, you know what? I really respect these two guys for getting in there. And he actually had some, you know, something fairly, you know, halfway intelligent to say about, you know, how good for these guys for getting in there and, and going after it. But besides that, man, he was he was not good. And Snoop's a big fight fan. I mean, he knows what he's yep. talking about, but I don't know if he just didn't – he wasn't prepared for that or he – he. I don't want to say he smoked a little too much of the whatever, but uh, because – Awesome he, for him. Not, I, right, it's not possible for him. So, he's 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 got to smoke it to feel normal. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, I, I got to say I agree with – I think he needed to – there was times where he just kept talking and, and the cheerleader thing, come on, Nate, come on, Nate, let's go. And then he started singing his, his, uh, the, the like, uh, choir, the choir at church background music when Nate got knocked out, he's a ho, ho, when he started doing all that, that was pretty funny, but it was too much talking. I like when I watch a fight or I watch something that I, that has commentators, professional commentators. I like listening to what those people have to say, because it gives you a better outlook. And when I think something in my head and they repeat it, it makes me feel like, okay, maybe I do know what I'm talking about a little bit. Snoop. Wasn't saying anything that made him feel good. Now, this was obviously a show, and that's why he was on there. But I don't, I don't think he was horrible, but I don't think he was – as a commentator, he wasn't great. But he's – everything he does – every time he does these things, he'll, you know, he's done some Lakers games where they bring him down and do those. He's done some stuff like that, and it's always the same. He's just – he's a fan that they put a microphone in front of. Yeah. Be like the be like them saying, "Hey Chris, go do." It's like Joe Nuxall, or "Hey Chris, go call a Xavier game." Put a microphone in front of me. All I'm doing is hooting and hollering the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that and the the other musical or the other music performances. I I'm probably just uh, too old for that stuff, maybe or something. But I didn't like that stuff at all. So uh, one they said Lil Wayne was going to be on. No Lil Wayne. That's the one thing I was looking forward to. Now, I didn't hear anything about Snoop. Snoop was on, so maybe Lil Wayne got the vid and Snoop came on or something flip flop somehow. But 
dude, I'm going to tell you right now, I bought a fight because I wanted to watch fights. Not for, like, I'm cool if you want to come out and do a song, you know, whatever. Do I thought they were just going to do a song. It was like full concerts for each one of these guys. Yeah. It was like four guys that did four or five songs each. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, way yeah. too much. Way too much, way too much. If they would have stuck with just with just uh, Snoop and that's it, it would have been fine on the musical guests. But all right, so go ahead. Let's get into the main event, a draw. Roy Jones says, I don't like draws. I wear draws, I don't, but I don't fight draws. My, that was the, my favorite line of the day. Um, tell me what you think. Uh, so we all saw the training videos, especially from a, a few months ago when Mike Tyson first got in, in back in good shape, and we were like, "Whoa!" I, Look at I know, the, la the last few years, Tyson is, uh, and I, I love the transformation that that guy has made in his life. Yes. Uh, he, he's at, he actually has his head on his shoulders, right? And he's a he with age, he has he has gained some wisdom, and he understands who he was uh, in his younger days when he was boxing and he was on top of the world. Um, he, he was a bad guy. He's flat out said that. He's like, I, was, I do not like the person I was. I was a bad guy. I was into all, all the wrong things with all the wrong people. And uh, he's, he's transformed himself. Um, he, he said for a long time now, he's like, I don't want to hurt anybody anymore. I, I'll never fight again because he said he didn't want to fight anymore because he just doesn't have that desire to hurt anybody. You know, he doesn't he, – he loves people now and all that good stuff. So, then he found but, dope. What's that? Then he found dope. He found what? Smoke. He started smoking. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, then once he found once he found the weed, all of a sudden, the even more clarity came, and that's when this transformation started, where he started transforming his body. It's all started about a year and a half, two years ago. Okay, I gotcha. So. Maybe Okay, so so yeah, and just in the last few months, I saw that he was because he was a you know he was a little overweight for a while, and he was out definitely out of it and retired. Looked like an old retired fighter or an old retired football player or something. Um, but he did. He got back in great shape, and we saw those training videos of him throwing punches that look pretty similar to how he used to throw them when he was twenty, thirty years younger, uh, and he was throwing them fast and with some with some uh, malice, with some strength and some power and some speed. And uh, I'll tell you what, it, it, I thought it translated pretty well to the ring too because he was, throwing, he was throwing those same kind of shots, threw a ton of body shots on Roy Jones Jr. And, uh, and, and definitely they took, they, they took their toll on him because he was – I thought Mike Tyson looked fantastic. And I thought Roy Jones Jr. looked way worse than I thought he was going to, to be honest with you. Now, he was – I think he realized, like, wow, man, he really is the real deal here. And so he, he wrapped him up every time. He, every time Tyson got in there, he wrapped him up, which was smart. Yep. Um, so, anyway, that's – you know, I don't want to take all of the analysis on that fight because I want to hear about what you thought about both. No. Yeah. I think that's that's you're exactly right. The I, I think Tyson won the fight. 
Roy Jones Jr. did get a few good punches in, but a few good punches I don't think won that fight. Mike Tyson was the more consistent fighter, and Tyson was – you could tell he when he hit Roy Jones Jr. in like the third round with that body shot, a wide open shot right to his kidneys, and I was like, oh, God, and Roy Jones Jr. talked about it after the fight like, man, that's for real. That's for real. I know, I know we're getting older, but that was a real Mike Tyson body punch. And Mike Tyson on the other side, after the interview afterwards, and you took it, and you took it. We're going to do this again, and you took it. Roy Jones Jr. does not want to fight Mike Tyson again. Mike Tyson wants to do this again. Mike Tyson wants to fight because it's all about charity for him now, and he does not care about anything. But I think he realizes – how much he missed the 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 sport itself, right? The the aspect of boxing. There's something to that that will always be in him. That I think he always related to his craziness, and he realized he doesn't have to relate it to his craziness. He can love the boxing still, and just realize that leave the craziness out. So to hear Mike Tyson talking to him after the fight, I was. You can look Roy Jones Jr. in the eye. He's like, he's like, we do it again, right? We do it again. He's like, I got to talk to my family and I got to come up with about four more excuses real quick because, bro, that shit hurt. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> yes. Now, let me ask you this. So if, he, if they do this again, because the biggest problem I had with the whole thing was them calling this a draw. I mean, that was, that was when, that was, you know, instructional league, that was instructional league uh, baseball where at the end of the game, one team, uh, you know, one team of four-year-olds won 38 to four. And, but, but you don't tell them that you say, you know, oh, everybody's tie or something like that. Yeah. You know? Come on. These are grown men. I know this was for charity. I know they set this up as an exhibition. First of all, that was not an exhibition. Mike Tyson was not throwing exhibition punches, all right? And that's no. fine. And that was yeah. good. But don't call it a draw. Don't insult grown people's intelligence and call that a draw, okay? Now, let me tell you something. Punches landed. Mike Tyson, 67. Roy Jones Jr., 37. <laughs> power punches landed. Mike Tyson, out of the 67 punches landed, 57 power punches landed. He didn't throw, he didn't throw jabs. Ooh, holy cow. 28, 28 power punches landed apparently for Jones, who I thought only threw jabs because he was trying to keep Tyson away until he got yeah. all the way in and then just wrapped him up. Yeah. So, I mean, on paper, Tyson, and if you watch the fight, Tyson dominated Roy Jones Jr., I felt like. Don't call it a draw. That's that made that made me upset when they said draw. I was like, yeah, yeah. That was. They both looked upset about it. Like Jim, they, you could tell everybody was upset. But yeah, that was. You know, but but did you get a little feel? Like I felt like I was. I I know that it wasn't Mike Tyson of old. Obviously, I mean it was two old men fighting. But it was two. You could tell they were former pros. But I mean, that was it. Wasn't a bad boxing match. It was a it was still a good fight yeah. for fifty-year-old guys. But Tyson, Tyson looked everything he did looked when he got inside 
and 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 was throwing the the body punches and then you know he went for a couple uppercuts that didn't miss by much and they would have knocked Roy Jones Jr. out quick but Tyson in the later rounds felt in such control that he had the old Tyson I don't know if you ever remember Tyson he he'd get his hands up and then he'd start popping them back he like when he was getting ready like he like he I can't I can't even explain it like his hands would be in front and they like go back by his ear back by his ear front back by like he just pop them back and you knew he felt so comfortable and and he was on the attack oh it was so I I got cold chills right now thinking about it I was so happy to see it and Uh, my wife goes my wife says we're sitting down watching it and she goes you know I really thought this was silly when you said you were buying this but this is actually pretty cool and I was like exactly exactly very cool yeah, I'll tell you another thing that I said that I was wrong about was I, I, I told you that I thought um, they were both just going to be worn out, wore out very quickly. And I was, I was pretty impressed, especially with Tyson. He, yeah. he was actually in pretty good shape. And he, he, didn't, you know, he didn't wear out as much as I thought he would. Yeah. And, you know, Roy Jones kind of did because he was taking body punches for however many, for eight rounds or whatever it was. But um, it was, I, was, I was impressed. I was impressed, especially by Tyson. Um, so if they do that again, I, you know, it depends on who he fights. Um, and, and it depends on what else they do. If they have these other, you know, if they have the rappers and stuff, I don't know if I'm going to pay 50 bucks again for that. I'm sure they're going to do it the same way. Mm-hmm. I would imagine they do it the same way. Hopefully they get some, you know, get some. I didn't get anything in the email, in any emails like, hey, rate this fight or you know give us some comment comments on it which I, that's all i would say cut the cut the uh i don't you can still have them just kind of to one song a piece right let's just do a song let's do three minutes and get out cut them, yep cut them down and, and try to put together some better fights i mean you know yeah i, I don't know what happened with that badu fight but <clears throat> something happened where that dude had to take it last minute so he had a different guy that he was supposed to fight. Um, and I think that would have been a better fight, obviously, because that was a terrible fight too. But I think they're going to do the same thing. I think they'll have um, three regular boxing matches. They'll have some kind of celebrity thing because this is the new – I mean, it's been going on for a few years. These celebrities like, oh, yeah, we should – I'd love to see so-and-so and so-and-so fight in a boxing match. Well, now Mike Tyson is making it possible on an on a exhibition level, on a entertainment level. This is all done by Mike Tyson's his his um, whatever his group is his what do you call it promotion. Mm-hmm. He's got his own promotion group or whatever. So this is I I hope they do it. I'll I will if Mike Tyson fights, I will continue to watch. Fair enough. Yep. I hope that they somehow can figure out a way to get like a like a Deontay Wilder uh or you know like some some other like like legit heavyweight fights. Like let's get a chance let's get a title fight on this with it. You know what I mean? And then Mike can be the undercard. Yeah. Let's bring Lennox Lewis out of retirement or uh you know That would be kinda of, I would like to see a Lennox Lewis. I bet Lennox Lewis still looks good. Probably. Probably that too hut up back in the day he reminds me a lot of wilder wilder exactly i was just thinking that 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, that was uh, that was uh, a kind of a fun little kind of a fun little getaway from the regular baseball and basketball stuff um, for that night the other night. Uh, fun to see Mike Tyson destroy people again. And um, so next we have. Oh, the the thing that I wanted that that can lead us into the next uh, little little part that we have. Um, I feel like, and tell me what you think about this. Is Jim Gray the only the only interviewer in any sport that I've seen in the last eight months that was not wearing a mask? Oh yeah, by far. And I was I thought that was weird too. Thank you. Like, in, anybody else say that? Anybody else involved in that? was wearing a mask like the 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 trainers were wearing masks as they were out there and yet jim gray's out there just being jim gray another reason to hate jim gray what a tool bag yeah i i i just thought that was weird i mean i'm sure they it was a whole bubble thing i'm sure everybody was tested and all that but it was like that in the nba bubble and those reporters always stood six feet away and wore masks um, they did it in baseball, you know, after games, if they would, re- you know, uh, interview players, they would stand away from them and wear masks and that kind of stuff. And it's the first, I, f- I feel like it's the first sporting event that I noticed that a reporter not only s- did not wear a mask, but stood right there next to the people he was interviewing. Yeah. You and think you got, you think you got it from Jim Gray? There's a chance. I was thinking uh, there's a chance I could have gotten it from Jim Gray. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to go ahead and blame it on him. Because do that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that leads me into basketball. So we've got college basketball underway. All right, officially underway. Uh, it's been a week already. They've got. I, I mean, Xavier, you're wearing the Xavier hat. Um, anybody who's listened to this podcast before knows Xavier game days. Yeah, five games, right? Is that what you said? Yep. Five games in eight days. And that is so, so many. But, <laughs> look, that's what you're probably going to have to do to make sure you get a full slate of games in or as close to it as you can. Um, as many early as – you know, as many as you can as early as possible to get those games in. So you make sure whatever qualifications are going to be different this year. I don't know what they are yet. But um, once you get to uh, tournament play – however they're going to do the tournament, if they're going to even have an NCAA tournament, how that's going to look. If they do, um, you know, they got to make sure people have played enough games to qualify. And uh, so that's what Xavier's doing. We, they, they're still playing a lot of these, um, these early season tournaments, um, which make college basketball the best sport for, play, for uh, like t- the top teams playing each other. I mean, yeah. this first week you had the Champions Classic. Um, you already had four uh, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State playing each other. Um, so you already had great games there. Gonzaga's starting the season number one, and they've already played Kansas. Um, they beat West Virginia tonight, and um, <laughs> they've got yeah they've got uh, they they beat Auburn. They've got number two Baylor on Saturday. And then on the 19th, they've got number three, Iowa. So they're going to play four – let's see. 
I think four of the top 11 teams in the first couple weeks here in the first three weeks. And um, so that's, uh, and Gonzaga has been doing that for a while. Um, I think I remember talking about the same thing last year that they play in these tournaments early in the season against really good competition and, um, and good for them because, you know, if they get through those tough games early on, they usually blow right through the Western, Western West Coast Conference. Yep. Uh, they most likely will this year because they look real good. Um, so now my biggest thing, though, so far watching some college basketball has been laughing about uh, masks on coaches, okay? <laughs> you got the different mask looks on coaches. Most coaches have the mask on the chin, all right? <laughs> Now that's – and I'm thinking like, okay, you know, they're, sta they're standing, they're walking up and down the sideline, they're standing there yelling, you know, trying to project their voice onto the court so their guys can hear it. But when the guys come over, they come off the floor or they go over to talk to them on the bench, they talk to their guys, most of them don't even think about putting the mask up. <laughs> they, they, they go to, to confront an official on a call or something, right, right up face-to-face, -face, no, no mask. Um, or, you know, the chin thing, the chin strap. Um, it's funny. I noticed that, you know, after after the Gonzaga-West Virginia game tonight, Mark Few and Bob Huggins both had the mask underneath. They went up and hugged each other and had <laughs> their arms around each other about six inches away from each other's faces having a conversation. You know, oh, I love you, man. I love your team. You guys look so great. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Good luck. <laughs> you know, the whole time their masks are under here. And uh, it's just funny because they, they all have them. And, uh, and I, you know, I was watching Travis Steele a couple times, and he's been pretty good, actually, better than most coaches I feel like I've seen so Steele, far. Steele catches himself all the time. He it's does. Funny. Every time I've seen it, he wears the gator, right? He doesn't do the chin, so it's not chin. It just comes all the way down. And he just all of a sudden – you'll see him snatch it up real quick. Like, oh, crap, I forgot. I got to get this thing up here. And, yeah, he, he's, he's uh, constantly going back and forth. It, it's it's got to be tough. I mean, you've, co you've coached in some games now. Uh, I mean, for you, I'm sure you've got, like, duct tape around your whole f face and everything to keep it up. But, like, the head coaches that are out there on the court standing – talking you know trying to like you said project and make sure everybody can hear them and you know there's a lot of enunciation so people you know very pronounced ways of saying words <clears throat> have you have you noticed the same thing on the high school level yes um now i i haven't actually so <clears throat> i started feeling symptoms like the day before our first game so i've missed our first three games unfortunately, but um, I've been coaching practices for a while now. Um, and I, so I've, I've been coaching practices with a mask on and seen other coaches uh, in high school watching video of, of games. Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of schools are streaming their games now uh, yeah. watching our, you know, our teams play on the streaming and watching other coaches and stuff coach against us. Um, there, it is, it is a struggle for everybody. Um, it's, you know, I, I still feel like there's a, it just depends on if it means a lot to you or not, to be honest with you. Um, and you know, it's, it is easy, I'm sure to, especially when you're in the middle of the game and you're trying to think through what you're trying to do and what you, you know, what, 
you know, coaching moments and stuff like that. And, um, and, and it's, you know, a game of communication. You're constantly, constantly talking in basketball. And um, so it, it, it can be easy. I'm positive of that. Um, but, and the other thing is some of these coaches, um, you know, some really nice masks. You can tell the guys that have the really, you know, good, thick masks. If you do that, great. It'll probably help you help keep you safe and help keep everybody else around you safe and stuff when you have it on or when you have it up. When you don't, it doesn't do anything for you. But that's the thing, too, is you can, you know, I usually wear the gator for the most part. And when I do that, those are usually thin enough um, to where you can, you know, it's going to muffle you a little bit, but not that much. Um, so I, I feel like you can probably get masks that uh, are a little more conducive to coaching and still keep you at least safer than not having one on. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it just depends on how much you, you think about it. Um, and maybe other coaches are going to think a lot more, a lot less about it than I will, but they will be maybe focused more on the game than I will or something like that. I don't know. But uh, once I do get back to and start coaching games, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to yell my brains out um, because I don't, because I have a very naturally uh, quiet voice. My, at least my voice doesn't carry well. So I have to, people can never hear me coaching anyway. Um, but I, I'm definitely going to have to yell it through the mask for sure. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, college basketball for you, I mean, have you seen anything different? Um, you want to talk about your muscle? Yeah, played, Xavier's played five games and still hasn't had, had one of their two best freshmen be able to play yet. So, you know, we've got three guys that are out. One of them's a walk on the other two are, our freshman, one of them was supposed to have a pretty decent impact on the team this year. And he hasn't even got to play yet because of close contact tracing and all that. So uh, it's this, I don't know how they're going to <clears throat> in any way, shape or form be able to do this right now is probably the best time for college basketball. And I know a lot of coaches said they wanted to get as many games in now as they could between Thanksgiving to new year's because that's when they're good. They can isolate their team better than any other time on campus because there's no other kids on campus. So you're able to, you're able to isolate that team better. Once campuses start opening up after the, after this break, <clears throat> you're going to, you're going to see stuff happen. I mean, you're going to start seeing more teams have issues. Let's just hope we get to a point in the world where we've got some kind of vaccine that's legit going out to people and, and we can <clears throat> hopefully start opening, opening our lives up a little bit better by the time the halfway point or yeah, the halfway point of the season gets here. I mean, I'm, I'm a positive thinker, man. I realize that that's probably not even close to a chance of even happening, but I'm positive thinking about this. So um, I'm, I'm just now remembering that they, they were talking about doing a, however they end up doing the NCAA tournament, if they can do that, they want to try to do it all in one place or in, in way fewer places at least. Yeah. So, you know, I, most likely they would, it would be in, uh, 
at least maybe the regionals, maybe the 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 Elite Eight or the Sweet Sixteen and beyond and beyond would probably all be like in Indianapolis or something like that. Um, so because you can you can you know you can quarantine teams a lot better that way as well. And then it's you know it's it's really only a couple of weeks um, once you get to that point. So um, so you don't have to miss a, a ton of school and stuff. You got to keep keep kids off of campuses and things like that. You can kind of do that a little bit easier there. So definitely hope that they can uh, get enough games in to make a, make a tournament bracket out. Maybe it's only going to be 32 teams. Maybe it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but um, they'll have to figure out a way to do it and uh, crown a champion at some point. Uh, they're going to have to do the same thing in college football too. And uh, we're, we're seeing a lot, still a ton of games, a lot of games being canceled. Michigan's games now being canceled this weekend. Uh, Ohio State's had some games canceled. Uh, Wisconsin, I think, had a game or two canceled. Big Ben got ravished and started late, which is going to hurt them imminently once this uh, – get the further we get in the – right now they still got Ohio State at number four, but they've already said – you know, when it comes down to it, we have to be able to, uh, you know, in the end, we're going to need to be able to have a body of work and see who you've played. And if you've only played six games and the other teams have all played 10, nine, 10 games, well, you know, it's going to be tough to, it's going to be tough to make that happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you have uh, the God of college football, Nick Saban got it. Um, so yep. he he missed. I think Ohio State's coach. I think has it, or or maybe was Fickle had. Uh, he at least had to sit out the game. Was is sitting out the game this weekend. Yeah. Um. So it's all over the place. In it's all over the place in football. Period. College and pro. Um, pro. They're figuring out how to still play games. They're just postponing things. Like we talked about that that Pittsburgh Baltimore game uh, was this afternoon. It was so weird getting a fantasy alert for a guy that I had playing in the middle of the afternoon when I'm working on a Wednesday, I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. Playing a football game now. So uh, that was really strange, but I, you know, it sounds like the NFL is going to end up being able to, because they're doing a ton of testing. Um, so they're at least getting guys, you know, and they're, you know, the, they might, they're playing games, but they're playing them without some key guys in a lot of situations. You know, the Broncos had a, a wide receiver come off the practice squad to be their quarterback this past weekend or whatever it was because all their guys weren't wearing masks in their quarterback meeting and one of them had it. And yep. They all got contact traced. A lot of people were talking about, um, are talking about like, you know, uh, why wouldn't they just cancel that game, you know, or, or push it to a different week or find somewhere to do it. Look, way I'm, I kind of agree. Listen, hey, if y'all, listen, we're gonna try to play every game in the week that we get there. The bye weeks are all but over, right? We've only got like two teams on bye this coming week, and then the bye weeks are over. So can't make up a bye week now. So we're gonna make you play if we can possibly do it inside up to Wednesday. Look, get your guys right because whoever can't do it ain't playing but we're going to let everybody else that did get, so you can only hurt yourself can only hurt yourself. That's right. And I, I feel like that's, 
that's pretty fair too. And it's kind of an incentive to make guys do what they're supposed to be doing, you know, because I I let my team down. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do, I don't wear a mask everywhere I go or whatever and, and keep myself quarantined or whatever, or isolated or whatever I need to do as much as possible to get this season in, because this is my livelihood. I mean, this is, if you can be with your, just make it your, your, immediate family and your team and keep it there and don't be going out and doing stuff and and wear a mask everywhere and be really good about it be really diligent about it uh you know and if you don't do that and you get sick now i'm i'm preaching like you need to do what you're supposed to do and i'm waving i'm shaking my finger and i did i did what i thought it was doing all that and i still got it but um but it is, it truly is an incentive because if I'm a, if I'm a player and I'm that important to my team, I'm like, man, I, 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 I let my team down. If I don't, if I don't care enough to, to do that, or I just don't want to be bothered with a mask or whatever it is, um, I, you know, and, and I, I go out and I'm, I, I get it because I'm careless at least if I get it and I'm being careful, that's one thing. But if I get it because I'm being careless, like those guys admitted, in the Broncos quarterback room, um, they had to admit it. They were like, yeah, you know, we did a lot. Yeah. It was said, uh, he's like, you know what? Got to take responsibility. You're right. We, we, you know, we had these meetings. None of us were wearing masks the whole time. We know we're supposed to, we weren't doing it. We, we all had to miss. I mean, that's the way it is. So yeah, it, it is, uh, almost like a little punishment, but it's it's really more than a punishment. It's it's something for for guys to think about. Like, man, I, I got to make sure I do this so I don't I don't let my team down so I don't miss. Um. Okay. That's all I have yeah. on that stuff. But we talking about the National Football League trying to figure out how to get some games in. We got to make our picks for the ones we know that are happening this weekend, right? All right, let's do it. We are in week number what, – what week are we in now? 13. 12? 13? We're in week 13. We missed a couple – I think we missed the first week and we missed last week. Um, but so going back to week 11, uh, I would say quickly that we were both 2-1, and one, uh, which is funny because we both picked two of the same games and, uh, and you had just taken a lead on me. Uh, you you made a uh, a colossal comeback after being down like four or five six games whatever it was just a few weeks ago. You had a great couple weeks and uh, came back took a lead and uh, we picked the same two games last week and I was like I'm gonna count on on that one game and it didn't work out for me but we were both doing one so. Uh, so I'm 12 and 18 on the year, and you're 14 and 16, so you still have that two-game lead. So week 13, here we are. All right. I'm letting you go first this time because I went first last time. Okay. That's nice of you. Uh, I'm taking first the New York football giants uh, are visiting the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are a 10-point favorite at home, and I'm going to take the Seahawks. The back on, I think they're back on track now, huh? What's that? I think they're back on track after last week. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I just 
you know, it's a big, that's a big spread, but um, the Giants are the Giants. I don't know. The Giants have no confidence in the Giants. Um, and Seattle's at home. So I, 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 uh, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, speaking of the Green Bay Packers, it is Jimmy V week, I believe. Yep. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know the reference, go ahead and look up the Jim Valvano uh, speech and you will find if out. you don't know what Jimmy V week is and you're watching this podcast, I'm, I would love for you to call me so we can have a conversation because I'm <laughs> totally interested in why you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast. It's for the comedy. It's got to be the comedy. Is this the comedy segment? Um, it's for the comedy segment and because we are two funny guys. That's right. Um, it's like, uh, but if you don't know the, the reference specifically to the Green Bay Packers and Jim Valvano, then that's a little bit more understandable. But I kind of still think the same way you're thinking. If you know who Jimmy V is and you've heard the speech before, you kind of know what that is because that was the whole thing. But uh, I'm taking the Packers. They are a nine-point favorite at home against the Eagles. I'm taking the Packers. Um, Carolina is a – no, not Carolina. I'm sorry. The Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim are uh, three-point <laughs> favorites at Arizona. So uh, road favorites, um, and I'm taking Arizona at home as a three-point underdog. Uh, so those are my three picks for the week. Chris, week 13 NFL picks for you. Man, they're starting to figure out Kyler Murray, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, so I am uh, going to start going to start this thing off with the Dolphins. The Dolphins uh, minus 11 and a half against my Cincinnati Bengals. This is the biggest joke of a team, second biggest joke of a team. I think, I don't know, maybe the biggest joke of a team now that everybody's hurt. And by everybody, I mean the whole team in Joe Burrow. Uh, <laughs> also going to take the Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, minus eight against the Jets. And then I'm going to take the same game as you, but I'm going to go the opposite way. And I'm going to go Giants plus 10. Giants plus 10 against the Seahawks. As much as I like the Seahawks, and I believe the Seahawks win this game, they haven't been in too many games where they've, where they've uh, been outside of that one-score realm. So they play a lot of close games. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Giants plus 10. And the Giants have surprised us here with great victories. Very good. Now, they were against the Bengals, the Eagles, and the football team, but – yeah. Gotcha. Man, I'll tell you what, we don't need to get into a big Bengals discussion here, but I mean, absolute night and day from a couple weeks ago, going into that bye week, mm -hmm. uh, Andre Edwards on here, and, and we're talking about, you know what, they won that last game against Tennessee, they looked pretty good, uh, Burrow looked real good, nice receiving core, you know, if he can just, if he can stay on his feet, and uh, not get hit. And then he got hit. And, I, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's amazing what somebody like that going down does to the whole team because the defense looks a lot worse since Joe Burrow went down too. I don't know what he was doing. Well, field position. 
think about that. Like you lose, you're losing field position now too. So they're constantly with their backs against the wall every time that they're coming on the field. You, you know, at least when they were coming on the field, a lot of times before Joe at least moved the ball a little bit to where Hubert have a punt to drop them back inside the 20. And now it's just neither side. The defense was already bad. So when you let them start at the 40 yard line, it's going to be even, it, they, don't, they don't have, it takes half the field off. Field position and time of possession, I'm sure is a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. People talk about getting the defense off the field all the time on third down. And um, if, they're, if they're having to play, you know, against long drives and then come out and your offense goes three and out and you come back out, and now you got to play another five, six, seven minutes of a drive against somebody else. Man, I, you get no break, you get no rest, yep. and uh, and that's a big deal. So, anyway, pretty much down the toilet for the uh, Bengals season here. We'll have Andre on at the end to commiserate with him, and uh, one of us is is probably going to have to. Uh, one of us is definitely going to have to sing uh, at the end of this football season. Yep, because he's definitely going to be right. He's going to be the closest right. between me and you. Uh, so anyway, that'll that'll still be a fun a fun little thing at the end, especially if you're the one that has to sing. Now, I'm totally cool with that. I feel way better singing acapella than I do telling a one minute, two minute comedy stand up routine. Wow, wow. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know my voice is terrible. I'm ready. Shoot these. I'm ready to show off my show my stuff off to the world. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> Let's hear what your shower walls get to hear, buddy. That's right. <laughs> All right. Now, before we get into our last segment, which is the comedy segment, we do have our other weekly segment now. That is the Mount Rushmore segment, which has been really fun for me. I've enjoyed it. I know you have. Um, and last week you chose – what, what was your choice for Mount Rushmore for this week? Childhood toys. Childhood toys, yes. Mount Rushmore childhood toys. A, a, an excellent choice of topic uh, leading up to now we are past Thanksgiving, and so now everybody's kind of getting into Christmas mode, right? And we're into to December, and uh, so we're going to be thinking Christmas. We're going to be talking about that stuff a lot, and uh, let's start it off. Uh, let's hear your – Mount Rushmore of childhood toys. All right, so here's what I'm putting on the Mount Rushmore, no particular order. Uh, the Super Soaker. Uh, I had about four Super Soakers growing up. It was uh, always a fun time. G.I. Joes, we had millions, I feel like, of little G.I. Joe. Not, I'm not talking about – and when I say G.I. Joe, I'm not talking about the original G.I. Joe – which was like a you know an eight inch tall stand up guy. I'm talking about the ones that me and you played with, where you can move their arms all different ways. They're only you know maybe maybe three inches tall at the max. That's ones I'm talking about. We played with those more than any. I think I played with those more than any other toy I ever had in my growing up. It was definitely GI Joes. Um, then I got starting lineups. And last but not least, I, I struggled here, uh, and I don't know if this counts. So you're going to have to tell me because I was going through back and forth between two things. I went with the Nerf Turbo, the original black and red Turbo, 
but I also had wiffle ball and bat, like wiffle, the wiffle set. Now, are those sporting utensils, or do we count those as toys since it's uh, not the actual deal? I, I need to know if I'm okay using those or not. I think you're 100% okay. I think those can be considered toys. And, and I'm going to need – I'm going to say yes to that because I'm going to need some grace from you on a couple of mine. Oh, geez. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so, and, you, and feel free to tell me if you don't think these count. All right? So I will start with, and these are in no particular order as well, uh, but I'm going to start with starting lineups because that's the one I have in common with you. I also put starting lineups in there. Well and done. After I did my four, I thought about some other ones that are similar to starting lineups that I wanted to put in, but I didn't, and that was wrestlers. So oh, yeah. I thought the, that, those were on my list too. The wrestlers we used to play with all the time that were like bendy. That's the thing. The thing that makes it hard to me is there were so many different iterations of wrestlers. You had the thumb wrestlers, which I loved. Oh yeah. I didn't actually put them on my thumbs, but I, but they were like, you know, made of this rubber that they weren't, they weren't like posable, but they were movable. You could move them. And so I, I, and they were almost kind of in a, they were like, almost like they were sitting down or something like, so you could put them in wrestling positions and stuff like that. <laughs> we, we would do that. Um, but you had the bendy ones, exactly like you were talking about. You had the ones that didn't really, that didn't really move, but they were the bigger ones um, yeah. you know, that were like, you know, like the eight inch tall, kind of like similar to those, the ones. Those hurt. Those were like hard rubber. Yes. You could hurt somebody with those things. Yes. And I'm sure my brother and I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the wrestlers, I didn't put them on because there were so many different types, um, but I loved those. We, you know, we were so into wrestling back in the day. Um, so, but I went with starting lineups. I went with, this is a specific one, but you can, you can, you know, this is a similar, something similar to, to the turbo or the wiffle ball. I'm going to say like the little tykes hoop, but I, I was, I was thinking about the specific one that we had in our bedroom that my brother and I had in our bedroom. Um, it was, I don't know if it was Little Tykes or if it was a different brand, um, but it was, a pretty, it was a pretty decent one, a toy one. And we played on that thing until we broke it somehow or something. And then my dad took the rim off and mounted it to the wall in our room. And it was still like, it was like a breakaway rim. So you dunked on it. I remember the breakaway rim. Yeah. And it, and it broke away and you just set it right back up. And it was so easy. And we played so many basketball games in our bedroom on that hoop. Um, so I have the hoop from my bedroom when I was a kid. And let people in on a little family inside secret here. Because of how much he loved that toy growing up. Every single one-year-old that is born in our family between any of my cousins gets a little tight basketball hoop from Adam. Yes. My, uh, my nephew is turning two in January, and I already got him a hoop for Christmas, uh, for this Christmas. So it's time. So nice. He's got to have one. So, uh, so I've got the starting lineups, the hoop in my room. Um, I'm going to go – now, this is the one I'm really going to need your blessing on, and you can tell me if you don't think so, but it was such a big part of what we did as kids, um, and I know they're not generally considered toys, but I put cards in there. I put baseball cards. 
Man. I know that's a tough one, but just the time we spent doing it, and it was – they were collector's items. It's not like we played with them, but we played with them as much as anything else. Sure. And, and I'm I feel good with it. I'm t- I think I'm good with that. Okay. I know it was a stretch. I knew it was going to be a stretch. Um, but so my fourth one is something that um, my, my – I don't know if your mom kept a baby book. I may have even said this before in the, on this podcast. But um, my mom kept baby books of us for until we were 13 or 14 or something like that. And uh, I mean, the last like, the last like eight years or something are just school pictures. But you know, like when she first got them when we were babies, she would fill out all the, the you fill out this big sheet, you know, favorite food, favorite whatever, and you know, a little thing, you know. And then when you get into first get into like kindergarten, your first friends, and you record all these little things in this book. Um, and when I, it was from when I was like one or something like that, favorite toy, they wrote in daddy's basketball. So that was that, apparently that, my favorite, my favorite yeah. thing to play with when I was like one or a baby or whatever, a, a, a yeah. toddler, um, was daddy's basketball. So I put that on there because it's a basketball. I mean, I, I you know, that was my favorite. Yeah. Favorite. I'm totally good with that. <clears throat> I'm totally good with that. So those are my four. All right. So then next week, what is your Mount Rushmore going to be? Next week, uh, we, we, we sort of talked about something in this Mount Rushmore that's going to lead me into that, and that is wrestling. So I just want to do our four, our Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. WWE Whoa. wrestlers. Not, not, when I say WWE, it can be WWE, can be from when it was WWF. You know, before they had to change their name, it can be WCW, it can be ECW, it can be anything you want to throw, you know, uh, uh, what was his, um, I don't know, I can't remember, the ECW guy that was always bloody, uh, Terry Funk maybe, or, or Terry Funk, Sandman, Rob Van Dam, or somebody, yeah, um, whoever, so any wrestler from any, any time, and uh, it's, it's what's that? Sabu from ECW. <laughs> I don't remember him. I didn't crazy. watch too much ECW. I think you covered ECW better than I did back in the day. But I had a little TV that was like I don't know, two and a half inch black and white screen. You had to switch from UHF to VHF, and to change the channel, you had, it was like a dial. You had to like easily scroll it and get it just to the right spot but i could get channel 25 and that had ecw at night so i used to watch it in my room at night very nice very nice i love a tv that has a radio tuner on it <laughs> yes and, yeah, antenna radio tuner <clears throat> a lot of these kids don't know what black and white tvs were or what i mean it was like a camping tv right it had like a remember that little a, tv you had i remember yeah, like a battery pack on the bottom that if you could just fill it with like 20 D bat giant D batteries <laughs> in this battery pack and slide it underneath, it was the coolest thing in the world. But instead I just left it plugged in on my nightstand next to my bed. So I could watch TV on it. Very nice. Very good job. <laughs> All right. So that'll be our Mount Rushmore for next week. Wrestlers. Uh, if you're listening to this, send us in 
uh, on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast on Facebook. Comment on any of the uh, any of the platforms you might listen to: iTunes, uh, Spotify, any any of the SoundCloud, anything. However you listen to it, if you can access our podcast, oh, uh, YouTube, uh, definitely comment on YouTube and uh, let us know who would be on your Mount Rushmore number one of childhood toys and of wrestlers if you were into wrestling now we've done a Mount Rushmore of comedians so let us get into our comedy segment and last week you had the uh, uh, the excellent idea of choosing oh uh, Kevin Hart zero F's given yes um, all right. Lead, lead us off, buddy. Uh, all right. So uh, this is by far the, the most di- – the, this is the first, the first special we've seen during the coronavirus pandemic that we've been in on, on the Zoom calls that a guy did a special – during the pandemic it wasn't something that was recorded beforehand so this was kind of cool this was kind of cool to me it was very intimate there was probably you know less than 50 people in this place and uh yes so anyway um i i enjoyed i i enjoyed it i love kevin hart Uh, he did a little bit of the stuff where we kind of get annoyed with on this you know where he talks about who he is and look, I'm Kevin Hart. God, you know, he talks about his kids in a, in, in private school. And he's like, don't make me tell you who I am. You know who I am. I am not a greeter. Like, you know who I am. I don't need to use my celebrity right now. I shouldn't have like, but he always turned it. He did a good job of doing that and then turn around and making fun of himself right afterwards. And he wasn't looking for, like people to tell him how great he was, you know, for the crowd to cheer when he said how great he was, he was using it as part of the joke. I, I, I think he used it the right way. I think he did that correctly uh, to where it didn't annoy me nearly as much um, as some of the other people have. I laughed. I laughed pretty hard uh, a few different times. I watched this last night and uh, I, I didn't even have a single beverage. There was two parts, and I was sitting there. I didn't write any notes down, and I was like, all right, there's two parts that I was cracking up laughing in. And I was trying to remember what I, how, I, how I called them, but my, my, my mind is fried over these years. But I'm going to tell you, between his kids' stuff with the – when he's talking about the words, what was the word, the, the butter, uh, butter beat, butter beat, beat off or something like that i was cracking up the way he he was testing his kids on butter beat off and oh man the stuff about uh the the stuff about the the eighth of the month the eighth of every month uh i don't want to give too much away because this is pretty new uh dude you've got to check this out that it gets super funny um you know, he's got that good, but you're getting old, man. He just talks about being getting old, not caring at all anymore. And it's a lot of fun. I thought it was good. 
I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna throw it out of four. Um, keep it out of four even. I feel good about it. That was. It was a. It, that was. It was fun. And I'm half biased a lot because I love Kevin Hart. There's not a lot he could do wrong to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I feel the same way. I felt the same way going in. I was like, man, when I saw that that he put out a special, I had no idea he was doing that. So when I yeah. first saw it on Netflix, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. This is anywhere close to any of the ones he's done in the past. I'm so, so excited. Um, he puts out – Kevin Hart is a guy who, would, who, who could easily become, as he gets older and more famous, could very easily get less funny. And he doesn't, especially nope. because of how much content that guy puts out. He has his own comedy channel. And he puts tons of tons of stuff out there. I'm sure you've seen his show, Cold Cold as Balls. Um, yeah, yeah. That, it's that's always really funny. Um, he just he puts out so much content, man, and he continues to be funny. And uh, so I, I'm really impressed with Kevin Hart. And uh, I'm I'm with you. This this special did not disappoint me. It was uh, not, it was in his house. It was yeah. in his house. Was it really, though? I don't know if it really was in his house. I think they did a – you know how they do a good job of, like, you know, doing all that stuff and moving around. I'm not 100% sure that that was actually in his house. I don't know. I, I feel like he wouldn't say it I, if it wasn't. Up, you think he's got a stage in his – first off, you think he's got yeah. a fireplace that's that long in his basement that seems ridiculous to me and a stage that says heart with a heart around it i would bet either he either that is definitely in his basement because he talked about that was one of the things he talked about he and his wife built their dream house they built that house right um and so i mean if i'm a comedian and i have i mean he you should they, they showed the the on the walls he had all his past stuff up you know his um posters from his specials and like you know guys that he um you know you had eddie murphy and richard pryor and all those guys that he was looking at as he was walking in they could have done tricks with the camera or whatever and he walks over and they around the bend he walks into the thing or i mean they could have that could be his i mean i can i can see him having that fireplace in his basement and maybe they just put the uh maybe they put the stage in in his basement for that I, I totally believe. Maybe I'm a sucker. I don't know, but I think you might be a sucker, brother. Really? I think you might go back and look at the room and really look at how it's set up with the with the couches and way, how many couches and how many people are down there. I think you might. I think you might have got duped. I, but I, I, I got duped. I don't know. I I, I assumed he was being serious. Um. So anyway. Um. I, but I thought it was really, really good. Um, I, yeah, I, you kind of mentioned a couple of the things that I that I caught my attention to, and um, he was, you know, I don't know. I always feel weird about doing the jokes. Uh, there are so many funny things he did. He still uh, is doing when he's talking about his kids. He still does the the noises like the you know, uh, oh, and I you know I don't know. He he does a few voices uh, for noises. Yeah, that was perfect. That I I have a little nasally thing going on right now. It's the only reason I could even come close. But um, 
So he did some of that like he always did before. And he did talk a lot about um, – he talk, talked a lot about how his kids are spoiled and he talked about, what, you know, which was part of the – you know, I guess you're going to talk about what you're, what you're most used to and what you're, what's going on in your life. And his life is that of a celebrity, a huge celebrity. So, you know, he did talk about how his kids were spoiled and he found that out recently and – talked about how they they actually had to fly a commercial with his wife with his ex-wife and um how they called and couldn't believe how awful it was and, and <laughs> how, you know he, he taught them you know they he calls ahead all the all the uh you know disney world and all those kind of places and uh they go in there and they go through the whole park in 45 minutes because they have somebody that just takes them to the front of the line and everything and he's got to teach his kids you know don't make eye contact with anybody and don't listen to what they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, he's like, uh, what did he say? Something like they're they're driving home, and he's like, uh, something about something about don't listen to what those people say because we're driving, we're on our way home, and they're still in that same line or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I shouldn't uh, even try to do any of the jokes because I just did that. But I wrote down a number. Uh, for this yesterday, and it is a four point zero. Nice, perfectly done. Well, well done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So next week, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. There are two. There are really three new comedy specials that I am aware of, um, and two of them. I'm pretty excited about one of them, especially, but there, there's a guy that has, is, has, has just this week put out his, or maybe it was last week, put out his second special since the pandemic started. And he's a guy who's really good. So we've already done that guy before. Um, so I'm going to hold off on that one. For well, a couple I'll do, we, I mean, I'm doesn't bother me who we do. I, we can do people two, three, four times. All right. So maybe ne- maybe in, in two more weeks when it's my turn again, maybe I'll go back to that guy. Because I am excited because he's like one of the best up-and-coming guys in the whole comedy game. Um, but there's a guy who has been around a long time, a very long time, who has just come out with a special in the last week here. And um, he got very played out very quickly a long time ago. I think you're going to know who I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> uh, but he is closely associated with three other guys that he went on a big tour with you know, 20, 15, 20 years ago. I don't know how long it's been now. And I thought he was the, the best by far of those four guys. As, as tired as his little saying got, he was actually pretty good. And he's another guy that I have – had I, I actually kind of got dragged to it by some friends, but I was glad I went because it was way better than I expected. It's Larry the Cable Guy. So Larry the Cable Guy uh, doesn't in real life talk anything, doesn't talk. as He's got a little bit of an accent, but not nearly the accent that he has when he does his shows. Uh, however, his routine's funny. He, he's got great timing with his jokes, and – their hillbilly is all get out, and he still gets a little racy, and he still 
he still toes the line, which I like, uh, of, of all different types of things. I'm good with Larry the Cable Guy. I just hope he doesn't say get her done 50 times and we'll be good. I don't think he, I don't think he will. I mean, he's been gone long enough where it might be one of those things where, you know, because it's been so long, he might say it a couple of times just to get a little reaction from the crowd or whatever. But that was the thing that I was surprised and pleasantly surprised about when I saw him. And this was probably a couple years after he like blew up or whatever. He played a theater here in Cincinnati and, and some friends wanted to go see him. I was like, really? Larry, the cable guy of all comedians. That's who you want. That's who you're excited to see. I was like, okay, whatever. I'll go. And he was really funny. And he said, get her done. I think maybe once the whole entire show. And so I was really excited about that. Um, so this is called remain seated. All right. This is on Netflix. So if you want to watch it, we're going to watch it this week. Larry, the cable guy, remain seated, give it a check out and, uh, and we'll check it out and let you know what we think next week. So let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about Kevin Hart. Uh, if you watch that, let us know what you think. When you watch Larry, the cable guy's new special, let us know about your, your uh, favorite childhood toys, your top favorite four wrestlers of all time. Uh, comment. We already said it. All the different platforms, however you're watching or listening to this, uh, comment there, and we will see it, and uh, we'll get a conversation going. We'll, we'll shout you out. And uh, that's what I've got for this week, Chris. You got anything else for me? I got nothing else, brother. As far as I'm concerned, everybody else can just not forget to turn their headlights on.